Welcome to Zero Five O. I'm your host, Bruce Bradley, founder of recycling company First Mile. This is our Green Impact podcast where we meet guests creating solutions for a zero carbon world. Pension funds, universities, churches and charities have all been under pressure for investing in so-called sin shares, companies like oil, gambling, tobacco and weapons. But how do you know where to safely and wisely invest your money to ensure good is done with it? My guest today is Duncan Grierson, CEO and founder of Climate, which is an easy to access platform for you to invest in sectors that fight climate change. With Climate, your money helps electrify transport, reinvent industries and generate clean, renewable energy. Duncan and his team are working hard to weed out empty promises, greenwash and in his own words, big finance bullshit. Welcome to Zero Five O, Duncan. Bruce, it's great to be here. That's quite an intro. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic to have you on the show and uh, really can't wait to hear about how it's going at Climate. So let's get stuck in. So can you tell the listeners what you are doing and why it's relevant to fighting climate change? Yeah, I'd love to. So look, so we, we've we've launched an app in the app stores, which make it super easy for uh, people to invest you know, small or large amounts of money into companies that are having an impact on climate change. So it's kind of in our name. Uh, it's all we do. Um, we say, see ourselves as quite different from kind of ESG investing, and I'm sure we'll come back to that. We 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 are just just investing in six core themes of clean energy, clean technology, smart mobility, clean water systems, circular economy, and the last one is sustainable food. Uh, so these are all kind of core 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 sectors that are all um, you know, really important to, to kind of decarbonize. And we're investing into companies that have got products or solutions that are already making an impact in those areas. So yeah, we, we, we make it really simple for people to feel empowered, make a difference, and, um, and then hopefully kind of share that with their friends and, and family so they can also be investing. And so you're to- are you targeting people who are sort of doing some top up investing if they've got spare cash and they want to put it to good use or are you in the pensions market or the sort of longer term savings market yeah kind of really all of the above so right now we we have our, co- our kind of a core product is an isa um and we're in the isa season right now you're coming up to the, the april 5th deadline so if you're interested in what we're doing please 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 take a look we'll be launching very soon a jisa so a junior isa so if you want to be investing in the companies you know literally are the you know future uh, for your children, um, we'll be launching one of those soon, and then later in the year we'll have a SIP, so you know a self-investing uh, pension plan. So we're definitely you know interested in in lots of different ways to facilitate people you know making a difference with their money, be it kind of if you like, if you say like spare cash as well as as their regular pension. And is there a minimum in terms of because quite often you see these bigger ESG funds and investment funds and there's sort of a minimum threshold to start investing, or could you just sort of top it up if you had spare cash at the end of the month and put a you know 20 30 pounds in each month yeah absolutely so we our minimum is 25 pounds um we have a direct debit function it's like a subscription so if you want to be investing every month you know a little bit like a netflix subscription if you want to be putting i don't know another 25 pounds a month rather than spending on something else you can do that and then also you can move your old isis to us so we we've seen quite a lot of, of our users our community move chunks of money quite big chunks of money like six figure sums from you name it, every other provider from the sort of the DIY platforms, you know, names you'll, you'll be familiar with to the kind of more sort of more recent kind of fintech, wealthtech platforms that people are moving from all of them to us, chunks of their, you know, existing ISAs. And so we have a kind of a transfer mechanism to, to make that 
to make that relatively easy. So yeah, it's quite exciting. People seem to have, you know, an affinity what we're trying to do, trying to make a difference in climate change. And we're sort of that pure play, very green end of, of the investing spectrum. Are you, is it listed companies that people are investing in through you or is it a mixture of uh, different types of businesses? It's essentially listed uh, companies, but also different instruments. So we invest into kind of globally listed uh, companies with product solutions, but also we have a, a carbon credit uh, product in there. We have green infrastructure in there. And we do have um, other products uh, in, in the roadmap to be going into kind of other kind of alternatives, if you like. So um, without kind of dipping too much into that right now, we, we've got quite a, a large roadmap of all sorts of different ways people can be making an impact with their money. Is this just like a sort of a, a, a different, you've badged up and made an app for a ET, an exchange traded fund or is this a match? Have you got some nice hippie tree huggers working for you, figuring out how to invest in some nice green businesses <laughs> or is it just, is it just a branding exercise? It's a lot more than that. I mean, I guess we, we we have, I guess what makes us very different from, I think, any other platform is we've got an in-house investment team of investment professionals who are experts in this space. So they have sort of 10 to 20 years of experience investing only in the companies that are making a, a, an impact, and particularly kind of around clean energy and the clean tech and smart mobility transition, kind of those three core themes, you know, the electrification of mobility, the move away from, you know, fossil fuels to kind of solar and wind, um, you know, those two, two very big kind of sectors. So these these are kind of an in-house investment team, and it's much more than ETF. We're not just sort of putting you passively into a third-party ETF provided by one of the larger asset managers where there's a shed load of greenwashing has been going along, and we can come back to that. We are kind of we are kind of the, those specialists you, you could go to with some of your money, not necessarily all of it, but some of it you might not want to move an ISA to us. You might want to move some of your SIP to us. So yeah, it's 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 very much kind of pure play. It's definitely not an ETF. I mean, ETFs are passive trackers. We are an active platform, if you like. We are actively rebalancing people's portfolio on a on a weekly basis. So when stuff kind of increases a little bit too much in value, we might trim it a bit, and then we move people into you know other products and other assets. So we yeah, we have this in house. Um, investment and our listeners our listeners are sort of really you know they want to do good with their money but they also want to know what's happening and have a look so could you in the app can you drill down and see where what projects you're investing in yeah there's quite a lot of content in there already we are adding to that it's that, that's you know a big part of what we want to do is it's content raise awareness about what we're doing uh raise awareness about these companies these brilliant companies that are in people's portfolio so that's a big part of our play is kind of content and awareness and and frankly, even if if you don't end up investing with us, you know you you might be with another provider. Then, you know, take take a good look at what they're doing. Try to drill down into what they're doing. I think that's the biggest kind of kind of call out is there's a lot of greenwashing going on. There's a lot of ESG kind of nonsense, and you need to be asking a fund manager. You know, what's in the top twenty holdings? You know, do you have fossil fuels in my in my pension? And if they don't give you a straightforward answer, they're very probably greenwashing. <laughs> You know, there was a brilliant article in The Economist just a few months ago that the top 20 ESG funds, the largest 20 ESG funds around the world, hold on average 17 fossil fuels. You know, and it's not just fossil fuels. You've got, you know, tobacco and gambling and all sorts of other nasty stuff that most people probably wouldn't want to see in their in their portfolio. And are you... Are you struggling to find enough businesses to put in the portfolio? Is it, a, is it sort of... Is there a scarcity issue or... Are there enough of these properly green companies around the world that you can, obviously, once you've done your vetting and the investment team are happy, or is it is there a real scarcity? 
There is enough. I mean, our, our, our portfolio is very diversified. We've got over 400 stocks in each portfolio. So it's, it's, very, it's very diverse. It's global. And it's not just equity. We've got some, uh, you know, debt instruments in there, infrastructure, like I said, carbon credits. So it's it's a really interesting uh, portfolio. Um, some of that stuff you cannot even find actually on some of the larger sort of DIY platforms uh, because you have access to these products. So, and we also provide a lower cost access to them. So some of these instruments, products, funds, um, we have institutional rates. So uh, so we actually provide that at a lower cost than you might be able to find through another platform, uh, if you can find them, because some of them are quite technical. And these are not sort of household names that we've, we've aggregated. And there's also direct stocks. So about a third of our portfolio are direct stock picks. So again, our in-house investment team done a brilliant job in, if you like, high conviction stocks. So they they are, are picking around 30% of stocks directly, you know. So it's highly diverse. There are enough companies out there and there's more coming, you know, as you know, you're in the green space as well. There are lots of companies that are being started mid mid stage, later stage that will end up getting listed, and there will be even more. And this is the way the world's going. You know, there the, there is now a massive kind of wave of interest in sustainability and 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 doing right with your money, and that kind of feeds the market. That feeds these companies that are that are coming through. Probably should say at this point as well that you're fully um, regulated and all all of that. So we're not. It isn't. Uh, it isn't Duncan sitting in his bedroom uh, doing do, do a bit of day trading. <laughs> we're now we're now almost fifty people. We are regulated by yeah. the FCA, and yeah, I mean you, you can go to prison for stuff like that. You know, but we we are yeah we're highly professional. So we've got an in-house investment team. We have an in-house compliance officer. We have. Uh, I think 20 software engineers, actually slightly more than 20 software engineers now. So we're very much, you know, tech, tech first business, uh, product team, product designers, product managers, um, and then also a marketing team, of course, um, who are doing a great job in getting getting the message out because that kind of that awareness is a big part of what we're, you know, we, we need to push. I just wanted to clear that clear that up for the listeners, just so that they, just to realise that it wasn't Duncan, Duncan in his bedroom. And then, in, ter- in terms of a few sort of specifics, and, uh, and sort of before we get onto the greenwashing, where do you um, sit, or the, the the market sit with things like um, cryptocurrencies? Because they're sort of they're, they're very wild west from a trading perspective, but from an environmental perspective. Bitcoin in particular has had is particularly, you know, damaging mining. Bitcoin is huge amount, huge amount of energy to power computers and cool servers. Is that deemed to be a sin share? Yeah, well, we don't invest in cryptocurrency. We don't see that as, as part of what um, we should be investing in. And yeah, as you say, Bitcoin uh, uses a ton of energy. And so even if the sort of talk about moving some of that mining to be powered by renewable energy, that, that doesn't kind of feel to us to be a particularly useful way of of using our you know our, our resources so no you won't find any crypto in our portfolio and, and to be honest it's um you know that the investors who are looking to sort of make a, a quick buck on crypto that's that's not that's not what we're looking for we're looking to build a, a community of people who are looking for kind of long-term uh, returns and make a difference with their money and so these are sort of people who you know want to be invested with us for you know 5 10 20 years and build up a you know, so some wealth uh, by investing to these trends. And these are mega trends, right? So there will be kind of blips in the journey. You know, everything doesn't doesn't keep on going up. And we had a, you know, we've had a bit of a downturn in January and February. And of course, the the horrific events in, in, in Ukraine are also impacting the stock market right now. But, you know, long-term investing, you know, there, are, there is a lot of research that it's, it's about time in the market rather than timing the market. So we are, we're keen to bring on board investors who want to make a difference over the long term 
with their money rather than kind of yeah making a a fast buck on some crypto or some other <clears throat> slightly questionable asset. Yeah, absolutely. And we need more and more money into this into this entire area because there's a huge amount of investment to make in, in clean technology. It's an interesting question, this, because I'm not sure whether Russia, I'm sure Russia has some clean tech companies. Um, have you had to uh, or have you chosen to sell any uh, or exit any green tech? Obviously, you're not going to be invested in uh, Russian oil and gas companies. But is there any green tech companies you've had to divest from because of or chosen to because of Ukraine or you just didn't have any exposure there? We actually didn't have any exposure. It's funny, we were chatting, chatting with the investment team. We actually have zero exposure to, to Russia in, in any of our portfolios, which was, I guess, you know, that's a bit of a relief uh, from, from various, diff- for diff- various different reasons. So, yeah, zero exposure uh, on, on that front. And presumably there are some, there are some green tech companies and wind and renewables in Russia. I mean, I guess there must be. There probably are some some developers, but you know, part of the problem with the whole situation in Ukraine is that you've got someone who's been basically uh, empowered to do um, something horrific by fossil fuels. And you know, if anything, the one small silver lining from the war in Ukraine is that this should encourage people even more to invest into renewables because that's local energy. You're creating your own energy, you know, in your own country. It's free fuel. It's you know, it's the sun and it's the wind, and and you don't need to be reliant on shipping you know oil, gas, coal around the world, which is obviously massively damaging to to our to our planet. Is green investing here to stay? Or is it just a, is it just a hyped bubble at the moment? For sure, uh, we think it's it's actually a very exciting place to be investing. You know, for the long term, you know, these are mega trends, right? So you know, smart mobility. You know, I mean, it, it just is every single aspect of our lives is touched by carbon. You know, the, the clothes that you and I are wearing right now, there's, there's, a, there's a carbon footprint to that. The food we're eating from the moment you wake up in the morning, you know, you, you're you're using energy in, in everything you do. You know, the homes you live in, the transport we use to get to work. And so it, there is a huge amount of opportunity to be investing in companies that are making a difference on decarbonizing the world we live in. And it's literally everything. So it, it's, it's definitely not uh, sort of a... A short-term thing. These are, you know, 20, 30, 40 year in investment themes, and it's only going to get bigger and I think more exciting. So, um, no, <laughs> we, we're here for the long term, and I, and I think there's also a lot of it's just a massive investment opportunity. I mean, there's this sort of quote from Al Gore that you know it's the biggest investment opportunity, you know, of our lifetime, of our generation, and um, you know, we we very much believe that. Yeah, absolutely, and I think this time around, because the money is going into. Um climate solutions because previously it's been seen to be a you know the clean tech bubble and private equity got very excited about clean tech sort of 12 years ago but actually it's not a it's not a thesis it's not a group in some ways every business needs to decarbonize therefore it has to be across across the you know every single sector which in some ways i think is possibly where there's we've got into this problem with greenwashing and some of these false claims by esg funds because it's sort of you have a massive oil company and they've got one wind turbine, therefore it ends up in the um, ESG portfolio. Is that what's happening with greenwashing and getting the wrong things into ESG funds? Is it is it is it intentional or by mistake? Look, I mean, those people running those funds need to look at themselves in the mirror every morning. You know, I think I think what the challenge has been is that ESG has been a little bit been misdirected. So originally it was a tool for kind of de-risking your portfolio, like, but it's ended up being a massive marketing tool. To funnel trillions of of dollars, pounds, yeah, and every single every single you know every single country has been pouring lots of money into these kind of these so called ESG funds, 
um, on the belief that, you know, certainly from the retail investor, the kind of the end customer, if you like, that their money is going into companies that are doing good. We're actually, you know, a lot of these funds are just investing in slightly less bad companies. And as I said, there's, you know, there's a whole load of research that the biggest, the biggest ones are actually still invested in fossil fuels. And then the other slightly ridiculous thing is, is, you know, you'll typically find that the top five holdings in a lot of these funds are basically big tech. So kind of, you know, Facebook, Google, Amazon, etc. you know, which are great businesses, but are, you know, their core product is not making an impact on climate change. Um, you know, best they're kind of carbon neutral. So, you know, if you want to make a difference, you need to be looking around for funds and products and, you know, perhaps a platform like hers, which is making, you know, all it's doing is focused on these on these solutions. And what's the key thing in the if someone's looking for to get under the skin of an ESG fund? Because there might actually be after this podcast, the millions of listeners are going to go and have a look at their pensions and see where the money's actually invested. What's the telltale sign? What do we need to go and look at to check our investments and in having an impact? I mean, the very first thing is look at what, what what's the top ten holdings. You know, and if if it's an ESG fund and top in the top ten, you've got you know those companies, those big tech companies, Microsoft, Google, Spotify, which are all brilliant companies, right? But if those are sort of in the top, you know, five ten companies, then that ain't making a difference on climate change. So that's that's not necessarily where you want to be investing. I mean, if you want to make a a, re, a, a you know a return and feel slightly better about yourself, then perhaps you want to stay with that. But if you want to make a difference, then you need to be digging a bit deeper. And, and this maybe not even just the top ten; it's the top twenty. You know, and ask bluntly, are there any fossil fuels in my portfolio? You know, what else? Have you got tobacco in there, et cetera? You know, so it's, these are not difficult questions that fund managers should, should be able to answer pretty straightforward. And if they kind of wishy-washy in their response, then you can sort of probably draw conclusions from that. And it's not straightforward as well, because, you know, personally, I think what Tesla have done for the electrification of vehicles is absolutely phenomenal. But then... Elon Musk is obsessed with going to Mars and leaving the paradise that we have called Earth behind and and doing a huge amount of damage getting there. So I guess they're two separate companies. So you could invest in Tesla, but not in SpaceX. But do you have those sorts of conflicts? I mean, we have Tesla in our portfolio. It's um, I think it's just under 1% of... But not uh, SpaceX. But not SpaceX. No, no, no. (laughs) No, not SpaceX. Um, you know, he's obviously done a brilliant job in, you know, moving the whole agenda on electric vehicles. I mean, you know, the rest of the world, we, we wouldn't have so many electric vehicles on the road right now. And, and it's moving very fast now that kind of that curve is, is now accelerating. And, and it's really all down to him. Um, so he's, he's done a brilliant job on that. He is a complex man uh, with lots of interesting views. But, uh, you know, we have to say hats off to him for that. And it's it's also energy storage. You know, obviously, they have an energy storage piece that, you know, home battery. I, I mean, I'm quite familiar with that space. I was sort of deep in that with a, with another company, which is also doing a great job on on energy storage in your home. So pairing that with with solar on your roof, you know, we, we need that. So look, yeah, it's the journey is not perfect, but there's a lot of people kind of trying to do the right thing, and 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 they've got great products in the market, and we need to get behind them. And I guess another part of what we're trying to do is put your money into these companies, but also maybe raise awareness about these companies, what they're doing. So as a consumer, you might want to be looking at using some of um, the products and services from, or as a business buyer from the, these companies in our portfolio. Before we move off the sort of ESG greenwashing sort of subject, the climate deniers has obviously done a huge amount of damage over the last 30 years, delaying the sort of fight for solving the climate problems. And it's still going on. And Terry Smith, a, a fund, fund manager, 
a couple of weeks ago was very critical of Unilever who who manufacture Hellman's mayonnaise because he said that they don't need a purpose because the, their advert was around fighting against food waste. Well, I actually thought it was excellent because you can uh, you know eat leftovers with some mayonnaise on it. But he was very critical of this and said, actually, you know, Unilever just need to get on and and make mayonnaise and not worry about the environment and and making an impact. Do you think there's still a load of climate deniers in the finance world? I mean, look, Terry Smith is, you know, he's been a great fund manager for a long time. He's got excellent, excellent returns, right? But, you know, that I don't take his view. I think, you know, the world is now in a position where you you have, uh, I think, a, a cor- corporates do need to kind of take a kind of moral positions on things. It's not just about kind of the bottom line and profit and shareholder return. I think, you know, those shareholders are also looking for the companies that their money is going into to be making a difference. And we're seeing that. We're sort of getting you know, really interesting uh, conversations with different corporates that want to want 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 they, at the very least want to be seen to be doing the right thing. Um, and I think genuinely that the individuals within those corporates want to be doing the right thing. So I don't agree with him. I think Unilever can have a big impact. Um, obviously, it's you know massive FMCG business has lots and lots of uh, uh, products and customers. And so if they can be making a difference with their products, that's brilliant. We should be encouraging that. It's not just about the bo- the bottom line anymore. We have so little time to make a difference in climate change we've 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 got to be doing everything at you know the individual level at the corporate level and at sort of government level we've just got to we've got to be sort of applying every single lever we can and and corporates can can make a big difference and mayonnaise can be a force for good so let's go yeah, there it. you go <laughs> <laughs> i want to touch on your six themes and we've sort of talked a little bit about clean mobility and the fact that that curve is now really accelerating and a lot of the good work that elon Musk done through tesla i'm just going to pick them at pick them randomly in a couple of couple of sentences on each one in terms of you know for, for listeners to get an idea of where we are with technology and where we are where we are with the market so green energy are we are we now at the point of really scaling that because we can generate renewable energy for less yeah absolutely so you know it's solar is now cheaper than coal so there's absolutely no point investing into you know a new coal fire power plant unless you've got a source right on your, on your doorstep so you know china is still continuing to build power uh, coal power plants but they are also installing a lot of solar and wind so yeah so there's there are now cost-effective ways to build you know clean energy systems and there's no reason to be um putting money into into fossil fuels and there's a lot of money going into it so there's there's definitely a, a massive investment in infrastructure uh, already happening but we need more of it you know we need two three x what what we're doing on an annualized basis uh to get to net zero so so it's good we, we the, the the boat is moving much faster than it than it was so yeah i'm really encouraged about that and because it's it's pretty straightforward kind of infrastructure investing now it's not rocket science it makes it much easier for to finance it, to finance it, you know, hundreds of millions, billions, kind of in, into you know, into individual projects or funds is now a much a much easier ask. And have we sorted storage, or is that that is that the, is that sort of the, the gating factor with uh, uh, moving to renewables? Uh, storage is super important. Um, again, where we we we're going down the cost curve, it, um, we need to keep on investing into it, new, the technologies around that scale to to get down there. But it's a big it's a big part of it. Um, Obviously, kind of the, the the mobility sector is kind of largely kind of focused on you know lithium ion, but there are other solutions, and it's you know it's about getting the economics to, to kind of stack up. But that that is largely partly about getting money poured into it, um, and then you get you get you know you get you get scale. I mean, solar has gone like ninety percent down 
in terms of cost in the last 20, 25 years. So it's it's just mind blowing. Um, if you kind of focus on a problem, you can you can really get the economics to to work much better. Perfect. And what about the circular economy? Where's the where's the is that at scale? What's that? What are you investing in there? I mean, circular economy. I mean, these are you know th- these are kind of you know a lot of these kind of waste companies that are you know and this is your world, right? Are doing are getting better at collecting and then putting materials into plants and getting material um, recycled. Of course, there's that's still far from perfect. I think the economics uh, still not what they could be. I think we there are sort of perverse incentives often still in that system, and you and I could probably talk for hours about about that. But I think you know that that's that's in a better place, and then it's. It's also kind of further up the the, the 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 chain as well. You know, you and I should be buying less clothes from these kind of throwaway fashion companies. So I think, and then the generation, you know, the younger generation, if you like, they are much more interested in vintage now. So like when, you know, 20 years ago, you and I would be kind of be a bit sniffy about, you know, buying secondhand clothes. Now, there's a massive movement towards that, which is really encouraging. People are now wanting to, you know, make a difference individually. And so putting in place kind of different business models that can facilitate that. So there are now a range of platforms, apps that can help you, you know, reuse clothes, reuse food, kind of a call out to, to a, a business called Olio, which you'll, you, you'll, you'll know they're doing a great job in kind of kind of food waste from homes and so forth. And, and there's lots of these kinds of companies kind of coming through and will get to scale and, and be helping. So, yeah, so th- that is one which is probably a little bit further behind in terms of scale economics but yeah it's 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 moving fast would you have in the sort of products as a service as a sort of idea where you actually don't own the thing oh gosh yeah so i think ikea looking quite hard at these kinds of things you don't necessarily buy your you know your kitchen table you might sort of rent it and and when it's come to the end of its current life it goes back to ikea and they sort of dismantle it and then repurpose it um yeah i think th- those kinds of models yeah are also moving in the, in the right direction and at, at much faster speed than a couple of years ago let's ke- let's keep moving down because this yeah. I, I find this really fascinating just to sort of get a quick overview global overview of you know where we are with things water systems um we hear about water scarcity all the time what what are you investing in and what's the water system sort of thesis um, yeah, I'm less, I'm less close to this one. I mean, I think, you know, the, the, these sort of, you know, again, water companies, new technologies coming through to, to make, you know, uh, water systems more, more, more effective, clearly climate change, it, it kind of water is slightly sort of, it's not sort of uh, directly decarbonizing, putting money, but it's these, 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 these two sets kind of directly kind of abut each other because as climate change gets worse, the water problem gets bigger. So yeah, so we we are putting we are putting resource into into you know companies in that space, technology companies as well. And a huge amount of energy goes into managing water systems as well, and getting um you know just getting Thames water to <laughs> sort itself out would uh, decarbonise them would be brilliant. And what's climate technology? You have that as a theme. I've never heard of this before. So it's interesting. So this is, I mean, this it's you and I have been sort of around the space of kind of clean tech for you know. Crikey, so it's 20 years now. Um, and it's a bit of a rebrand, to be honest. So kind of clean tech, as you mentioned, sort of the mid-late 2000s, lots of money kind of went into sort of thin film solar and, and a whole range of, you know, biofuel type technologies. And, you know, quite a lot of that money didn't end up working out. But now, um, I think 15, 10, 15 years later, um, those technologies have matured and are, you know, in a better place. And um, solar is, you know, now at massive scale. It makes economic sense. It's kind of that's gone down the cost curve. So a lot of these technologies that have been knocking around for quite some time are now maturing. 
and so really kind of clean tech is a bit of a re, a re sort of a little bit rebrand into into climate tech um and so there's lots it's a bit of a catch-all category because it sort of touches also on clean mobility and and clean energy but it also includes for example a sort of software so uh, I, i'd sort of be need, need to be careful and kind of stock picking but you know there are there are some software businesses in our in our portfolio that sort of work on you know electric vehicles so they provide um if you like the the intelligence behind um electric vehicles or or battery systems um so it's, that, it's almost like the sort of technology that, uh, that enables the sort of green economy in many ways exactly it's that kind of that coming together of kind of infrastructure kind of hardware you know solid bits of you know metal and 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 so forth that's kind of you know creating power and then and then um the software is kind of you know enabling it to scale and be much more efficient so for example um a, a software that can enable you know the the movement uh, of energy from a battery you know at the right time you know can can it, can can the battery in our homes uh which is stored energy during the day from solar can that energy be used at night time not only for ourselves but also you know maybe we can sell it back to the grid and finding you know finding the optimal time to do that um you know when when does you know we go home or a lot of people go home at six o'clock turn on the kettle turn on the tv well if you used to turn the tv mates maybe it's something else and so the energy energy spikes you know having having another energy source at that time another kind of peak time similar in the morning when we're you know making our toast for breakfast can be useful so having this distributed energy sources is brilliant but how do we kind of make it efficient for that energy to get moved around uh, more easily so software is just uh, you know is a big part of that so we're investing in in companies that are you know also have software as well as hardware solutions and that demand side management as well switching your freezer off for a couple of hours at peak time is uh, it's a complicated business and then finally um on these themes sustainable food and my sort of other pet subject after waste and recycling is um regenerative farming and how we make food more sustainable is that the area that you in or is it sort of more the big manufacturers um so it's actually it's probably the most challenging of the themes to to to, to find companies to invest that's interesting. in right i now. thought you'd say that was dead easy that's oh, well, say, well we, we, yeah. we have to have some stocks in there so, i mean things like sort of you know uh, i mean the, the the plant-based burger companies they're sitting in, in in our portfolio and that's brilliant and that's kind of obvious and it, when it's sort of single if you like pure play like that then you know you're making a a plant-based burger that's great but there's not enough of that stuff so you've got a lot of the big food companies now these names you'll, you'll you'll know who are beginning to sort of dabble more and more in this space but we're wary of investing into them because their current you know it's just a bit like investing in a frankly in a kind of an oil and gas company where they might be investing three or four percent in solar and wind which is nowhere near enough you know it's a similar kind of in big food so we're, we're trying to be very pure play and and kind of focus on kind of those companies with where the core product or service is is making a difference and the, and, the, and i suppose that is right because there's so much good stuff happening but none of it's listed and then what you tend to happen is a company gets to a decent size and then is bought by one of these big uh food companies therefore there's sort of almost a a lost opportunity until the entire food company moves uh yeah to but that's also fine right if that helps move the agenda inside these big big food companies and that that becomes a big kind of engine then that's great too right i mean that's that's helping to solve this massive problem exactly so those themes are really interesting and it's actually really simple and i would encourage all the listeners to 
download the app and look at uh, Climate's website because it is, if nothing else, it's very educational to see the themes that you're investing in. So I want to get now into the sort of personal side a little bit now, Duncan. How the hell have you got into all of this? What's what's the what's the story? Why are you, <laughs> oh, why why are you sorting out the climate emergency for us? Yeah, well, look, I'm, we're trying to have a little dent in, in this just massive problem, but I think you know we've known each other for a crikey, it must be ten or fifteen years because. You know, I, I was I was in the sort of the recycling space uh, for quite some some time. But my journey, yeah, a little eclectic. So, you know, studied law, qualified as a lawyer, discovered the world of sort of venture capital and private equity, thought that's what I want to do, sort of get, getting sort of closer to the, if you like, innovation end of things. And I did that for five or six years as an investor, investing into companies, like a lot of software companies, kind of late, late 90s into early 2000s. And then I started. Um, I started my first business, which you know, to use that phrase, clean tech. It was, it was, you know, one of those kind of early clean tech businesses in two thousand and three. And that that business took household waste and converted it into into a biofuel. You know, we ended up, you know, we struggled like crazy for some years, and then and ended up eventually raising, you know, quite a lot of money from uh, in the city from sort of big name investors. And, you know, also started a, a, a plastics recycling business, you know, a, a space you're really familiar with. And then I guess a bit more recently, I've been involved in a wind turbine, uh, composite, uh, recycling business. I've been involved in a smart battery, like a home battery business with a, you know, hardware and software solution, which is really interesting. Uh, I learned a lot about kind of the distributed energy through that. I sit on the board of a listed VCT, so Venture Capital Trust, that does solar, wind, and clean tech. Similar board for about four years now, I think. So, so I've been sort of dabbling around, um, you know, clean tech, sustainability for twenty years now. It's twenty years this year. So, sort of, I've sort of been deep in the weeds of it. So, investing, building, and and you know, really passionate about the space. And then, how did I get to climate? I mean, I think three years ago, I was, I was noodling on, you know, what do I do when I grow up? Uh, do I do I start another <laughs> business, or do I sort of go back to what I was doing before just just investing as so I've sort of been doing a bit of both and then I you know I sort of had the idea well I maybe I can combine both I can build a platform um, to make an impact on climate change um, but it's also an investment platform so kind of try to build a community of people who are similarly minded want to make a difference um, and actually you can make the biggest difference with your money I mean there's now you know, bits of various bits of research that you can make more than 20 20 times the impact than all the other behavioral changes like Flying less, eating less meat, cycling more, um, buying clean energy for for your home, which are all brilliant things we all should be doing. Um, but actually, you can have the biggest impact with your with your with your savings, with your that's pension. Really, very interesting. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's yeah, that's kind of uh, a little potted history of my slightly weird, and it's, it hasn't always been you know two steps forward. It's been often, very often, kind of one step forward, two steps back. You know, it's not all been up and to the right. You know, some of these things um have been very challenging but i think now i think you've always been at the leading edge of things as well which is you know you fool <laughs> it's always always quite hard and i think climate climate's very innovative and leading edge as well and you know I, i'm absolutely certain it's going to be a success but it is um duncan is always always at the leading edge and talking of success what does success look like with climate and what do you think is the biggest hurdle to getting there I mean, success looks like a million users in the UK alone. You know, we we want to we want to have lots of people um, in our community. You know, and, and it's not just about the money; it's about you know about getting them involved. You know, understanding about these different companies and and, and products and services that they've got within the, within the portfolio, sharing that with other people, 
so getting yeah yeah getting a million users in the UK and then also going into other markets I think we could, we could do something similar in a, you know other countries around the world obviously this is a global problem and there's a global interest and you know I think particularly in the last couple of years it's just been a massive wave of interest in sustainability um, you know kind of you know ignited by the pandemic as as people have realized we need to kind of look hard at how we live and um, and we've seen more and more kind of climate crisis, you know, events, catastrophes coming through with wildfires and uh, an awful uh, kind of water events, you know, happening in a whole range of countries around the world. And on our doorstep, like Germany, um, you know, the massive flooding last summer is just, you know, mind boggling that, you know, one of the richest countries in the world that could happen. So I think there's a real movement and we would like to help sort of move that agenda, build a community, build a movement around it. That would be, that would be very exciting. And, uh, you know, our, our little team of almost 50 people are, you know, working really hard to, to make that happen. And what can our listeners do differently to help you succeed at that? I think you know what the answer is going to be for this one. I mean, take a look at what we're doing and, you know, check it out. I mean, you know, our minimum is £25. We've got, as I said, we've got a lot of people who've moved six-figure sums to us from other providers, you know, old ICEs. Uh, but you can start with 25 check us out, you know, get look at our content. And then, how do we find how do we find you? Uh, it probably easiest. Uh, well, either in the app store, app stores, you know, we're, we're, uh, Android and 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 iOS, you know, Apple, Climate Invest, but also just the website. So climate.com. So C L I M eight the number, and then dot com. And then you know you go in there, you can take a look. You can see the team. There's quite a bit about you know the individuals involved in the business, and the kind of companies we're in, we're investing into and. And um, yeah, how we're how we're trying to make a difference. And I think, and I think the key thing there as well is community, you know, and just getting more people on board and making that impact with your money. You don't need to put a huge amount in if you yeah. don't want. Yeah, I mean, we have we've got we've got a kind of a sharing facility within the app now, which is nice. You can sort of you know you can sort of share that with your friends and family if you like what we're doing. You can sort of refer, send an invite to you very easily. It's like literally a button, and then you just plug in you know your friend's email address and and let they can take a look at it as well. Perfect. Duncan, it's been absolutely fascinating. Before we go, we have uh, this little thing called the First Mile Planet Saver Hall of Fame, where we ask guests to leave something in the Hall of Fame, which future generations are going to access and take out. Um, what would you put in our Planet Saver Hall of Fame? Correct. You're putting me on the spot there, but... I guess I guess I would I, mean, I guess I put David Attenborough in there, you know. I mean it's slightly odd leaving an individual at, uh but yeah, I mean, he's just done tremendous things in terms of raising awareness. You know, he's very well regarded. Uh, he's less controversial than Greta, he's done just brilliant work around here and you know, Al Gore, I mean the, the list of, of, of individuals that have raised awareness um and, and and done great jobs in kind of getting people, you know, moving in the right direction. But yeah, I'd probably yeah, probably pick David Attenborough. Yeah. Perfect. It'd be great hanging out with him and finding out all of his uh, uh, stories from his incredible career. So that's fantastic. Duncan, it's been amazing having you on the show. Really fascinating. I think your business is incredible and I definitely encourage our listeners to check it out. The website uh, is climb8clim and then the number 8, climb8.com, also a clever name. Thanks very much for being the guest. Amazing. Brilliant. Great chatting with you, Bruce. And uh, maybe we can have a, a beer sometime soon. Uh, that's per that's the first time anyone's invited me for a beer on the podcast. I definitely do that. <laughs> I'm Bruce Bradley, and you've been listening to Zero Five O, where we meet incredible people creating solutions for a zero carbon world. Keep listening to all episodes on Spotify, Apple, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Zero five oh.